No Bull. Powered by Earnhardt Auto Centers. For a premier destination near you, head to NoBull.com. Here's Chris, Crespin, and Simone. And welcome in on a Monday afternoon to Noble with Chris, Crespin, and Simone. The whole gang here on a Monday, a football Monday. Lots of football to react to. Hope everybody had a great weekend. I know the three people on this show had a particularly great start to their weekend on Friday, and I think the celebration has rolled uh, into Monday, and we will touch on that fantastic football game that occurred on Friday at some point during the show. We'll give Jordan Simone his. We'll just clear out of the way. Uh, like like at the last 30 seconds of a basketball game when James Harden has the ball, we're going to get out of the way and just let Jordan Simone roll through it. We will get to that. But there is a lot of other football to get into, so let's not waste any time here on a Monday. Let's tell everybody what is in the lead on this Monday edition of the show. This is the one they're talking about. Week 14 in the NFL yesterday, gentlemen. And the Arizona Cardinals took on a, a Giants team that was making a push there for the postseason. And they took care of business with a victory over the New York Giants. The big thing that everybody's talking about, the performance of Hassan Reddick. But the Arizona Cardinals, when needing a victory, when needing to keep pace in the NFC, which has become a wild playoff race, Sean, they got the job done. They took care of business. Get a win in the win column, 7-6 and six on the season. Well, they needed to get this win, and they should have gotten this win. You know, we're... Every week we're so reactionary about the National Football League when in reality you're never as bad as you looked the previous week or as good as you looked the previous week. You're just not. Like, you know, you, you have to look at the overall body of work. And the overall body of work tells you that the Arizona Cardinals were a better football team than the New York Giants. I mean, the Giants went up and got a win at Seattle. Those things happen in the NFL. Outside of that, it was wins against Washington, wins against the, you know, the Eagles and it really wasn't a, rep- a very impressive resume. For the Arizona Cardinals, that was a game you had to have to keep serve with the, the, the postseason race in the NFC. Uh, and you're a better football team than them. Go get it. And, they, and to their credit, they did. They showed up from from, from the jump yesterday. And and really, it, the, the, the question of that game wasn't in doubt really from the second quarter on you know so i mean it was it, it was a good win for the arizona cardinals you love to see teams if you want to be taken serious this time of year in the nfl you handle the teams you should handle and don't 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 even let it be a question and the arizona cardinals did just that yesterday yeah i agree uh i think the play of kyler murray was was up and down throughout the game from time to time it looked like he he is a little bit banged up you know he had the the leg issue yesterday I don't know if he's playing hesitant because his shoulder is is still bugging him or what, but uh, he, he made some throws that you went, oh, my gosh. And then you, he made some throws that you went, holy cow. And you can make one of those good or one of those bad, but that's the point I'm trying to make is sometimes it's been good, sometimes it's been bad. So if he can even be more consistent and take care of himself, um, not not take too many hits, then, uh, then this team could be good. And now they got that seventh spot. Now they just got to keep it. The Cardinals winning yesterday, probably reason number 71 that a lot of people in Arizona had a great weekend. There are 70 other reasons that I think come in front of that list, and it all has to do with a football game that, guys, on Friday's show when we previewed it, I said this game we will remember in the Territorial Cup history for the the rest of our lives. This is one that will go down in history. I, I said, listen, it doesn't matter that there's COVID. It doesn't matter that there's a shortened season. This is the one you play for. And uh, the Arizona State Sun Devils took care of business 70-7. to I said none of that on Friday. I was the one who said it wasn't going to matter. Boy, was I wrong, Jordan Simone. Boy, did I. Boy, is that yeah. a bad prediction. Hang on, on Jordan, before you get started. Okay. Let him have it, Jordan. Let him have it. 
The Sun Devils unleashed the ass-whooping of a lifetime on the team down south. They've officially relocated, and uh, they're now known as North Mexico, uh, the home of the Wildcats. But, look, this was, I mean, I've never seen anything like this on a football field, Sean. I've never seen a team get so absolutely dominated. Let's just talk about the first half, 42-7. to They reached the over on the game in the first half. Um, I mean, turnovers <laughs> left and right. You, we, we talked about Kyler Murray and his shoulder uh, being a little bit banged up. Well, Grant Gannell, the quarterback for the University of Arizona, his shoulder was banged up, and he did not look good from the beginning. He, he was uh, he was banged up. He looked hesitant. He was bouncing around the pocket. Um, and ASU, just better coach, more talent, dominated this game from the beginning, ran the football all, all down their throat. Jaden Daniels threw the ball 11 times. That's all they needed. I mean – just a, a, a great performance by Arizona State and a, a, really a stamp on the Herm Edwards you know, era. Like This team is for real, and when they play a full game, when they play 60 minutes of football, they're a freaking good football team. So I'd be scared if I was the rest of the Pac-12. Yeah, you almost felt like the opening kickoff was the dagger, like if that's even possible, right, in major college football. But it felt that way. Like ASU returns the opening kick for a touchdown, and from that moment, it was almost like the Wildcats were going, what the hell are we doing? You know, they fumble, I believe, on the next drive, deep in their own zone. Sun Devil score. Heck, on the, on the uh, Sun Devil Radio Network, you know, we're doing our call from remote nowadays, like everybody else is, from a studio we built at the, at the Student Athletic Center. So I'm barely getting ourselves comfortable with the broadcast being on the air, with the video feeds and the audio feeds. And before I could even settle in, it's 14-0, and that ball game was over. It was just over. The Wildcats had waved the white flag yeah. from the jump, from the opening kick, man. Uh, and it was it was impressive. Now, Schubert, something I'd like to get off my chest is the okay. Pac-12 being the Pac-12 this weekend. And when they set the schedule for their quote-unquote championship week game, you know, everybody was going to get a, a, what was hoped to be a seventh game at the start of the year. And they match up, uh, they were you know, a north with a south and so forth. They give ASU a road game at Oregon State, which will be the fifth home game for Oregon State. Meanwhile, the Sun Devils have one on the year. The home slate is officially done for the Sun Devils. One home game for the Sun Devils, five for Oregon State. And furthermore, you want to tell me that it's all about player safety this year, right? It's all about player safety. But let's go ahead and put a bunch of kids in the freezing cold at 8.30 at night when you could send them to Tempe where it'd be a, a, just a, a chilly 55 degrees at kickoff. Like, what, what, nothing that they say they want to do makes any sense whatsoever in the Pac-12. This one's an absolute joke. Here's the other thing about this. This It, it makes zero sense because ASU has played one home game mm -hmm. all year. Oregon State, as you mentioned, has played five. Let me just go through the rest of the conference. USC, two home games. Colorado, three. UCLA, three. Utah, two. Uh, Arizona played three home games. Washington's played four home games. Oregon's played two home games. Stanford is the only other team that's played one home game. Um, but they had a couple games moved because of where they live. Uh, their government shut it down. Oregon State has played will be their fifth home game. Washington State has played a couple. California's played a couple. So it's 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 crazy to me that they, they, they chose for ASU to travel to Corvallis. Now, people are arguing that it's because of their schedule, because they're, they're, uh, they've won more games. Um, 
I don't know, they're two and four overall. Seems like it's a it's a toss up. Originally, yeah, I mean, originally I thought that the Devils would get a road game because of that as well, right? Because originally it was going to be one versus one, two versus two, three versus three, four, and go on down the line. But from what I was told, that was all thrown out the window, and they were even talking about maybe having South play South, North play North, just just get the game in wherever it makes the most sense. This doesn't make much sense to me whatsoever. Doesn't make any sense. No, but you know, it doesn't make any sense. I'll offer a potential theory, and I don't think we know, right? Has the Pac-12 said their reasoning behind putting this game in Not yet. in Corvallis? No. All right, I'll throw out just no. a potential thought, and I'm sure there'll be some scientists on Twitter who tell me I'm wrong. The COVID numbers in Arizona aren't necessarily the greatest things in the world to look at on a daily basis. I wonder if that played a factor in not wanting to bring in a team into Arizona, have to set them up to play this football game where they felt more comfortable having just ASU travel up to Oregon. I know you have to travel either way, but I wonder if that played a role in determining where this game was going to be played. I mean, it, it may have. Who knows? I'm sure there's got to be some reason why they, they the two teams lined up. To me, it just in a year of, of things that just make no sense, this is right up there. You know, it, it just doesn't make much sense. But whatever. It a game's a game, Jordan. I don't, I'm, I'm sure if I was to ask you, you know, put yourself back in your playing mentality um, as a player, you're pissed. You're, you're pissed, but you're just you're going to get ready. You're going to go play a football game, right? Like, I mean, it, it, it kind of is what yeah. it is. Look, I, I wouldn't be surprised if ASU just said that they had some COVID numbers and didn't even play this game. That's <laughs> how. Know. That's how. I'm not even kidding. I'm not even kidding, Sean. I, I would not be surprised if Herm and said, "Why the hell are we going to risk injuries up at an 8:30 kickoff in Corvallis, where it's probably going to be snowing?" Um, and play this game that means nothing. I mean, it, it, yes, you're, you're getting experience for your team, and it's an opportunity to play another opponent. And for those guys that are seniors, you know, maybe it's a chance for them to put more stuff on tape so they can get drafted. But I just don't see it. I, I, I think you end on a 70-7 to 7 win over your rival, crosstown rival, and look at end the season there. I mean, you're, you're, you're risking injury. Trust me when I say you go up to Corvallis late, in December, it's going to be cold as shit, and there's not a lot of good that can come out of it. No, it, See, this is personal for Simone. This is personal because of no. what happened the last time he was up there. Thousand this percent. Is, this is deeply personal. This is <laughs> this has nothing to do with this, the game in hand. This is a guys. personal vendetta against Corvallis. Is what this is. Well, but think about it. Arizona and and Cal already canceled their game, obviously because you know Arizona doesn't even have a head coach, uh, and their team sucks. But. I mean, if you're Arizona State, if you're Herm Edwards right now, what do you stand to gain by going to play that game? I mean, experience. You nailed it on the head. That's it. That's it. Experience. And it's, and that's it's it. not a great and you, trip. And you finished two and two? Yeah. I mean, it's Chris, it's and not you if, you, if you've ever made the trip. It's not a great trip. It's not an easy travel, right? It's a right? terrible trip. Usually Nobody you fly likes in, going Yeah, there. usually you fly into Eugene, um, and then you drive an hour to get there uh, a lot of times you can't even stay because there's not enough room in the hotels for a football team so you're staying yeah. an hour away then you commute to the state it's not Eugene, it's yeah. yeah it's not a great trip like it's it's just it's not but you know we'll see we'll, whatever it or is salem. what it is yeah or salem we stayed in salem yeah uh but yeah. Uh, look I, I just i i don't think that this game will get played i'm i'll just come out and say it right now just i don't i don't see them i don't see asu being like yeah let's go to oregon state and play this game right i could i would Honestly, I could see them being like, hey, Boise State, would you guys want to play us? Or uh, not Boise State, but BYU or something. You the Pac 12 is not allowing that. You know what I mean? For you to cancel a Pac 12 versus yeah. Pac 12 and then bring somebody I in. Just, like, it's not happening. I can't believe that they scheduled Oregon State on the road at Oregon State. I know. It is what at it is. At 8 30. 
But, you know, to wrap up the ASU discussion here on the program and on the In the Lead segment, 70 to 7. <laughs> I think we all forgot about the, the score. Uh, there was another ASU-related subject that I wanted to discuss, and that was oh. the basketball team playing oh. GCU oh, yeah, yesterday. Hang on, hang on. Yeah, give me the music back. I, yeah, I know you took right. it away. But I didn't know we were done. Was, uh, all right, here we go. No, not done. Uh, a 71 to 70. So the basketball team outscored the football team, but barely. Yeah, just by uh, one. And they played GCU yesterday, and it took a Remy Martin three and the closing seconds of the basketball game. And, Sean, you were there. You were actually there. I can actually say this. You were there, yeah, I was there. into the building. You yes. saw the game live. This team just feels like right now they're, they're just not all – it's just not clicking yet. It just feels all over the place. Not even close, man. Like You have a lot of young talent trying to find their way into this roster, um, guys trying to find their roles. This is a really talented basketball team, but it's slightly undersized, and they're not very good. They're not a good team, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? They're talented, but they're not a good team at all. you got a lot of guys trying to do their own thing, and a lot of times on offense, it, it just kind of – the ball sticks. It's, they stall out. There's no there's no rhythm offensively. Uh, and, and both times they ran into a team that has some bigs, they have issues. Uh, they, they really do. A rebounding, um, even though the ASU actually looked okay on the boards yesterday. Um, but rebounding is an issue. You know, it bothers them down low offensively when you're going up against some other bigs. And it's not a good basketball team right now. You know, they're going to have to find their way. You know, if that's shuffling around the lineups, maybe Verge goes back to being a sixth man. Um, who knows? But right now, you know, they, they don't look like a good basketball. They look talented. Christopher's legit. Obviously, you know what Remy's all about. Scored over 30 points last night, including the game winner that you talked about, Chris. Uh, but that game never should have been that close, ever when you look at the talent on the both rosters. So yeah, it, it just it kind of a little bit disappointing yesterday to see this team still struggle. But, you know, last year, I keep going back to it, the St. Mary's game where ASU got absolutely boat raced last season, but then they found their way into the Pac-12 schedule and they won seven straight and they found their they found their rhythm. So hopefully this unit can do the same. This group of kids can do the same and we'll find out. But right now they're not playing good team basketball at all. Let's start the week on a good note, gentlemen. Let's start okay. the week with some 60 seconds of oh, baseball. You got some I know it's something seconds. that you look forward to. Right, it's right. not a, I, I, it's not a great story, but it mm -hmm. is a story that I do want to mention here. Uh, I don't. Uh, the music started a little late compared to the clock. I think there's a conspiracy. Just get going. My Just time. get going. But okay, uh, the Cleveland. We have the Washington football team in football. It looks like we're going to have the Cleveland baseball team in baseball as Cleveland will no longer use the name Cleveland Indians. They already were changing their logo. They changed it last year. Uh, now the name will change. It will be something else. We don't know exactly what it would be. I'm throwing out there that they should go back to the old school Cleveland Spiders with a nice little spider logo on the hat. I think that would be pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, this is a big story because after all of the years of being known as that team, uh, they have decided to change the name. And we don't know. There's an announcement that's supposed to come this week about it. And we'll see if it's something that they're going to transition to, if they're going to automatically have a name. But there is kind a kind of a thought that they might do something similar to what Washington did in football, and they could just be the Cleveland baseball team in 2021. That wasn't, so they really, have a that wasn't really fair. That 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 topic garners more than 60 seconds so well, i feel bad i feel is, bad no, but the well, spiders you, to me. you put me in a box and i have to get it on in 60 seconds so that's this, what happens on this yeah time. by the way the music is tied into the video so there's no there's no short change in you it is what it is it, you, okay. you, you know right. so i just didn't start i didn't have not the excuse. music turned up when i started okay. your clock but you know it is what it is so, so uh, but no that's that, 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 
the Cleveland Spiders, and that, and that's because it, they, at one point they were the Cleveland Spiders already, mm-hmm. right? So it's already in their history. Yes, and whatnot. That's sick. So, yeah. yeah. So, so I, I would love for them to do that. We'll see. They're going to make an announcement this week about it at some point. We, we'll, we'll wait and find out what they ultimately decide to do for 2021. Coming up next, it was a Cardinals victory that put them back in the playoffs in the NFC, but it is one player's performance that is generating all the headlines. We'll get into it next here on Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. But of course, guys, we couldn't be doing this without Earnhardt Auto Centers, locally owned and operated since 1951, and a proud partner of Noble with Chris Crespin and Simone. We tell you all the time about the 19 Arizona locations. They got 21 different dealerships, 17 brands, and of course, the Noble Express option as well. Going to bring everything right to your house. You just hop on noble.com, click on the Noble Express option. They'll test drive. You can test drive a vehicle that's driven right to your house for you to do so. The financial application online. They bring your ride to you as soon as you finish that purchasing process. Your brand new ride also shows up to your front door. It's the the Earnhardt commitment to world-class services and prices that can't be beat right there from the comfort of your own home. Earnhardt Auto Center is a name you know you can trust. 69-year commitment from their family to yours. Earnhardt Auto Centers and Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Well, it is the performance that I think is generating all of the headlines, not necessarily the final result of the game yesterday for the Arizona Cardinals. And that is Hassan Reddick's five, count them, five sacks in the game yesterday, a franchise record for most sacks in a single game in in route to a Cardinals victory that got them to seven and six. And with a Vikings loss has pushed the Cardinals back into that seventh and final spot in the NFC playoff picture. And and guys, I, I, I want to start here because I think this is a – a story, a a performance that could have long-term effects for this team, not just for Hassan Reddick, but I think it parallels to another player on this team because when the Cardinals took Hassan Reddick with the 13th overall pick in the 2017 draft, there were a lot of question marks on how they were going to use him on defense. And let's be honest, the first couple of years, it felt as though we were using that B word, bust, when it, when it came to talking about Hassan Reddick, that he wasn't finding a role in this defense. He wasn't finding a spot for him for to be successful. Now, this year, and yes, yesterday's game certainly is the highlight of that, but he, he was having a great season before this, shows that player development takes time. Not everybody walks into the league in year one and year two are making Pro Bowls, are superstar players, defensive player of the year candidates. It doesn't work like that overnight. And that's not to say Hassan Reddick is going to be a Pro Bowler or going to be a defensive player of the year candidate, but he is playing his best season to date in an Arizona Cardinal uniform. So I think that is a testament to player development, but I think it's also a testament to putting a player in a position to succeed. And that's what Vance Joseph has done with Hassan Reddick here in his second season as defensive coordinator. And I think, guys... This same path could be followed with a guy that the Cardinals took in the top 10 this year who has not met expectations of being a top 10 pick in Isaiah Simmons. Now, maybe I'm trying to connect dots that aren't there, but the way we've seen Hassan Reddick perform this year gives me confidence that this coaching staff with Vance Joseph can get the most out of Isaiah Simmons and find a position for him to succeed. Few things will derail the development of a football player in the NFL, in my opinion, Jordan. I'm curious if you agree. Then constant turnover on one side of the football. So Hassan Reddick was drafted by the Arizona Cardinals in 2017, right? Who was the defensive coordinator in 2017 for the Arizona Cardinals, Schubert? That'd be uh, James 
James Betcher. Uh, and then they uh, Bruce Arians decides to hang it up, and they, they have to go a different way, and they hire a head coach named Steve Wilkes, who's a defensive coordinator, so he's calling the defense. So now we have another. Uh, this kid is in year two, and he's got a second defensive philosophy he's got to learn. Steve Wilkes was hot garbage, clearly in over his head. The Arizona Cardinals make a change. They hire Cliff Kingsbury. They bring in a third defensive coordinator in Vance Joseph. So now this, this, this kid who has been in the NFL for three years has had three different coordinators and three different philosophies to learn. So it, too many times we get caught up in the media and as fans and we just think oh this guy's just not getting it done no there's been multiple things roadblocks and hurdles for this kid to get over and he's relearning things constantly that's one of the major issues that we're seeing with 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 Hassan Reddick and hopefully now he's you know year two with uh in in the Vance Joseph defense feeling more comfortable you know I, I mean there's especially with quarterbacks we do this with quarterbacks all the time oh what's this guy's issue well, dude, he's learned new terminology, new philosophy, a new mindset of how to call plays every single year of his career. Hassan Reddick's been going through that. Jordan, you're a defensive player. I'm, I'm assuming I'm not far off base in terms of a guy trying to find his way in the NFL, and yet there's change and change and turnover and turnover yeah. year in and year out. That, I mean, those, those are just major roadblocks to get over. So you got to give somebody time to develop when there's constant change in their, in their, in their early parts of their career. Yeah, absolutely. Look, anytime you can get some continuity – um, you know, offensively, defensively, you can get guys comfortable into a system um, where there's guys that can that can help bring them along. I remember when I was when I went to um, Seattle, um, and I was not only learning from my defensive backs coach, but I was learning from Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Earl Thomas, even other guys, Jeremy Lane, that had been with Seattle for so long. And so that helps when you have older guys that have been in the system that can help bring the young guys along, that can help teach them, that can answer the quick little questions or or uh, when you're watching film, be another coach there. Uh, and they just don't, they haven't had that because they have no continuity and everybody's trying to learn the new system, whether it's Buda Baker, Chandler Jones, Hassan Reddick. Um, now look, some guys learn things quicker than others, but at the end of the day, everybody's talented in the NFL. It's about the coaches uh, making it, their, their system easy di to digest, and now we're seeing in year two that that paying off with Vance Joseph. And Jordan, I think to that point about when you were in Seattle having guys like Richard Sherman and Cam Chancellor in the room, think about it. Outside of Chandler Jones and Patrick Peterson, this defense has been reconstructed year in and year out. There yeah. isn't that veteran presence that can help a Hassan Reddick, right? Buda Baker comes in. Okay, he's yeah. a rookie. He's learning. Right, Byron Murphy. Okay, you're coming and you can learn from Pat P, but you're learning. Isaiah Simmons, yeah. Hassan Reddick. Well, well, there's there's so much youth well, and free agents that you bring in. It doesn't yeah, have plus that they're flow all to it. as Jordan was just mentioning, you're all learning because yeah. you you've got you've and, got you you're going from James Betcher to Van, to uh Steve Wilkes to Vance Joseph. Exactly. And different terminology. And people Go ahead. People are getting on Patrick Peterson for for not performing last year. You know, and it's like he remember he had the suspension that he came off. He's got another new defensive coordinator, so he's unmotivated to have to learn another new system after being suspended. So it's like so much. Uh, there's so much more behind the scenes that people don't see. Um, that 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 it's it's difficult. It's difficult for uh, a veteran corner like Patrick Peterson, who's been doing it for so long, to have to learn a whole new system, to be asked to do different things instead of just hey, just cover their best receiver. So right. there's uh that that's that's a difficult in itself. And then he's asked to be the leader. He's asked to to bring other guys along when him himself he doesn't even know himself right. what he's supposed to be doing. So it's it's really difficult. There's a lot that goes into it. But I think if you can get continuity. It's only going to be better. And that's why we've said from the beginning of this year, like, look, 
It's Cliff Kingsbury's second year. Don't expect them to be an NFC West like uh, a title contender um, because they're just probably not there yet. They haven't been together long enough to play the Pete Carrolls, um, you know, to, to play Sean McVay, who's been to a Super Bowl. I mean, it's uh, those guys have been together for several, several years, and they're, they have a system that everybody else walks into, and everybody knows what's going on from the top down, from the coaches. Now, think about this. There is coaches that have to learn the new system. When, when a new D coordinator comes in, it might not be his defensive backs coach. So that guy has to learn, and then he has to try to teach it to his DBs, and he might not know the correct answer every time. So there's so much that goes into this uh, from, from a behind-the-scenes standpoint. Yeah, and, and you know, with Patrick Peterson, his whole role changed with Steve Wilkes, if you guys remember. He went from doing what you said, Jordan, from being like, okay, that's their number one. doesn't matter if he's left, right, slot, I'm, I'm, I'm on yeah. him, to Steve Wilkes asking him to be a part of a scheme. Uh, and, and really, since that time, that's when we've seen him kind of dip and now starting to find his way again with yeah. Vance Joseph. So it's a good thing for Arizona Cardinal fans that Vance Joseph, I believe, is removing himself from the hot seat. So you're not having to go through these steps yet again. You know, Vance Joseph, in my opinion, uh, is should no longer be even in consideration of being on the hot seat right now. Like his defense has has in the second half of the year played really well, you know, especially with all the different parts, all the different injuries. You lose Chandler Jones, your best defensive player, uh, and he's kept this defense afloat. I mean, heck, in the Rams game, your offense was absolutely non-existent. You went into halftime down 14-7, to and that was a tip of the cap to what the defense was actually able to do. Uh, So the continuity with Vance Joseph, he's not on the hot seat in my mind, nor should he be. Uh, and going into year three, they'll just continue. You'll start to see, I believe, more guys like Hassan exactly. Reddick find their foot. Exactly. And, and and this defense will just continue to get better as long as you're able to draft well, maybe hit on a free agent or two, and continue to develop young talent. The more continuity you have, the longer Vance Joseph is able to stick around. He's got himself off the hot seat right now. You have one system, and guys are able to learn and, and as Jordan talked about, communicate with each other and improve as an overall unit. Continuity is huge in the NFL, man, and hopefully the Arizona Cardinals and in the offseason, Sean. Yeah, oh, I know the offseason. Yes, being able to study tape in the offseason and and going through and self scouting. Yeah. Self scouting is a huge part of being successful, and I believe it's the reason that Tom Brady has been so successful because he does it. And Russell Wilson, you know, they spend more time in the film room than they do anywhere else because they watch themselves, they watch the looks that they're getting, and you can go, okay, here here's our first and second down combo plays that we, that, and you can watch. Every first and second down for the entire season, you could break down that for a whole week and you can go, okay, here's what we're running here. Where could I have been better? Um, you know, as a DB, you can look at, at all of that stuff as a linebacker. And so it only helps going into your offseason, understanding that you're going to be playing the same defense. Yeah. And you're able to layer, right? You know, you hear guys talk about yeah. all the time that year one, you're just laying that base, right? You're just getting the the, the, the overall terminology yeah. of it all, the base layer of it. And when you're able to show up in camp the next year, that's already in place. And now you're building on top of it. You're adding things to it, you know? So uh, continuity for the Arizona Cardinals is going to be huge. And hopefully you're able to see guys like Hassan Reddick who have not had it in their career. This is the first time Guys like Hassan Reddick really start to find their way, uh, setting a franchise record for sacks. I know it was it, we're talking about one game here, but overall there's been a handful of guys that are starting to look like they're, they're, they're finding their way in this defense. So uh, good news to see that from Hassan Reddick and, and hopefully more continuity on the way for the Arizona Cardinals on that side of the ball. And Sean, entering the game yesterday, he had five sacks in the season, which was already mm-hmm. his career high. So it's yep. not like this is just a one-time performance. No. He had been playing well 
up until this point. And to do so with Chandler Jones out, and that's the guy that generates a lot of attention for the opposing side, I think is also something to that is noteworthy, right? He's able to find a role when there isn't really a whole lot to take away on that Cardinals defense. And again, I think that transitions into Isaiah Simmons hasn't necessarily put it all together in year one, but because of that continuity factor that we talked about, it gives me hope that next year we're talking about, oh, Isaiah Simmons is having a breakout year because now he has those resources to lean on. He understands what's being asked of him, and he's being put in a position to succeed. So that that's that's necessarily why I think Hassan Reddick's performance is so noteworthy. Offense looked good. Uh, De, you know, uh, DeAndre Hopkins had a good game. That's something that was necessary. Um, I think the last couple of weeks, Jordan, I think you brought it up that you know he hadn't eclipsed sixty yards in the last four games or so. Right, that felt like the key linchpin to to getting this offense rolling. He has a good game. Kyler still looks like something's bothering him, but again. You win the football game. You put yourself back in the playoff picture. Sean, you've talked about it. The path to the playoffs for the Cardinals is infinitely better than some of the other teams behind them. And if you take take care of your business, you're going to make that a, a moot point anyway. So seven and six now with with uh, three games left yeah, on the schedule. I do kind of find it funny though that back to back back to back weeks you're playing an NFC East opponent that you're wondering whether or not they figured it out, right? Like you you got to play the Giants this week, who the previous week had gone in Seattle and beat the Seahawks. And you're going, whoa, 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 is this a team that's actually figured it out? You know, the Eagles make the change at quarterback and. I know we're going to get more into that here in a moment in our rapid rundown, but the Eagles make a change at quarterback. They end up beating the number one seed in the NFC, and that's your next opponent if you're the Cardinals. So again, you're asking yourself, is this a team that maybe figured it out? So it's kind of interesting that back-to-back weeks you have NFC East opponents on your schedule, and you're thinking, okay, cakewalk, you know, and then the game actually gets there. And this is just another another uh, example of how we're so week-to-week in the National Football League is the Eagles have figured it out. Uh, for at least one week, they figured it out with their new quarterback. We'll see if there's a Jalen Hurts uh, regression from what he was able to do in the game yesterday. And we are going to talk about that next because it is the not-so-rapid rundown. And we'll do it next on No Bowl with Chris Crespin and Simone. Okay, gentlemen. It's the not-so-rapid rundown. We've been good as of late. I'd like to try to keep that trend alive in which we, we get through these games at a relatively quick pace. Is that okay with you guys? Are you guys on board with that? Yeah, well, I, I, I did see your the prep sheet, and I can't well, make I'm any promises about out of the way because I know this is going to be the log jam. This is the thing that's going to slow us down, so we're doing this game first. The Colts okay. beat the Raiders 44-27, to mm-hmm. and the game got so bad, Sean, that in the middle of the night, John Gruden called up Paul Gunther and said, Listen, man. Middle of the night. It was like go. it was like six thirty in PM. For, for, Gr- for Gruden, that's the middle of the night. Yeah. Fires Paul Gunner, no defensive coordinator uh, there in in Las Vegas. Sean, well, go ahead because you're going to pick up all the time. It's another one of those games for the Raiders where if you didn't watch it, and you look at the box score and you look at you look at the overall score, you're like, man, they got destroyed. But with nine minutes left, they're down seven points. Uh, and you know, and just need to get a stop, and they can't do it. The defense has been awful. Uh, on the broadcast, they talked about a statistic. Of, of teams that have a winning record, and the Raiders still do even after that loss, but of teams with a winning record through 12 weeks, the Raiders' defense had given up the most points of any team in the last 25 years, which is just mind-boggling. The uh, it, It's too many times the offense has such pressure on it to start the game fast. Like, for instance, yesterday, uh, Raiders kick off Colts get a field goal Raiders go three and out Colts score a touchdown so your offense has had the ball for three plays and you're down 10 nothing and that happens constantly with this team now the whole game channel game plan has changed you know and it's just it's it's a mess um they put it this way last last thought on it and Paul Gunther did need to go 
the Raiders had scored on all but two drives. This is late in the fourth quarter at this point. They had scored on all but two drives and trailed by 14 points. You just can't have that, right? So Paul Gunther needed to go. I do question the timing of it because this is not something that's new for the Raiders. They needed to change that position for a while. So why do you do it now heading into a short week? You play on Thursday night in a basically must-win football game. Uh, to do it now, a little curious on the timing, but it, it, no, it needed to be done. Um, it's, it's kind of funny that the play of the Raiders have gotten defensive coordinators fired in back-to-back weeks, one being the Jets and the other one being their own. So uh, interesting, but now the Raiders still hanging on, but by a thread, the Colts are a pretty good football team, man. Like if they can find the quarterback for the future, and I might talk about one coming up here in our mm. next game, um, mm. they're going to be pretty legit. The next game on I the second schedule. That? Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Okay, I didn't. I, I thought that's what you were doing. Sorry, I, just wasn't sure. I took Thanks. up too much time. I took up everybody's. I took up everybody's time on that game. I saw. I'm sorry. No, it's done. It's okay. No, Jordan, I appreciate you for keeping us moving along. I appreciate that. The Eagles beat the Saints 24 to 21 with Jalen Hurts as the starter. He's already been announced as the starter for the game against the Cardinals this week. And Sean, you mentioned uh, the Carson Wentz. Uh, you know, sweepstakes that potentially could be uh, this offseason. And you mentioned the Colts is one of those teams. Jalen Hurts played well enough in his first start to maybe make those talks a little bit more rampant, but we'll see how Jalen Hurts finishes the season. I told you guys last week when the decision was made that they were going to go with Jalen Hurts that I still think Carson Wentz can play, and the two teams that make sense are the Colts and the Patriots, in my opinion. The Colts being because Phillip Rivers won't be on a long-term contract, especially at what they're paying him for this year. Neither will Jacoby Brissett. Uh, Frank Reich was the OC in Philadelphia with with Carson Wentz when he was having an MVP season. Just makes too much damn sense. Go ahead and get him, and they have a ton of cap room to do it. The Patriots being the fact that they've got a lot of draft picks, a lot of capital that they can utilize to maybe make a move like like this. Uh, You know, so, and they need a quarterback. Cam's definitely not going to be their guy, and if Jared Stidham was, he'd be playing over Cam. So they need a quarterback there. I, I, I... those are the two that come to mind to me right away. Obviously, the 49ers will be rumored with every other team, every other quarterback that's out there this offseason as well. But look out for the Colts. Look out for the Patriots to make a move because the Eagles getting a win after making the change to, to, to Hurts. I can't imagine them backpedaling on that after beating the Saints. So I think Carson Wentz is all but done there in Philadelphia. Writing's on the wall. So Colts go get him and win a couple Super Bowls because that team defensively and running game is legit. Yes. Uh, look, the, the Saints are a good football team. Um, and even without Drew Brees, they've showed it. They beat the Broncos 31-3. to uh, They beat the Falcons twice. They beat the 49ers. I mean, they're, they're, not, they're not a bad football team because they don't have Drew Brees. In fact, they've, they've been good. Their defense has been dominant. Um, and so for Jalen Hurts to, to beat the New Orleans Saints the way he did, I mean, he looked good. He looked confident. Um, he looked athletic. Uh, put put some really good throws on the run. I was really impressed. He, he had a couple really good runs. Um, I think sometimes when you just get a, a new quarterback in there, a new face, it brings some different energy. They beat the number one seed in the NFC. You're telling me that this isn't a team that's very capable of beating the Cardinals next week? They absolutely are. Um, and, and it's scary if you're a Cardinals fan um, to see what Jalen Hurts just did. So really impressive. But yeah, I'm with you, Sean. I think you hit the, the nail on the head there with uh with the Colts and the Patriots and you know I'll, I'll even throw out the Bears as a potential landing spot for Carson Wentz the Washington football team continues to look impressive they beat the 49ers 23 to 15 Sheesh. Sean the 
Washington football team, I think we got to start taking them seriously. I don't I don't want to hear it. No, don't you say anything negative. We take them seriously Listen, now. You do. You want to know why? Because I've got the NFC standings right in front of me, and they've jumped from 12 to 4, as they are now technically the leaders in the NFC East, and they are the four seed right now in the NFC playoff field. So take them serious. Take them as a playoff team. That's awesome. And that, and that defensive front, what do they have, five? Former first-round picks within within the front seven, I believe. Uh, they can mm-hmm. get after you. So, yeah, as long as they don't turn the football over defensively, they're going to be okay. And Riverboat Ron, man, th- this man dealt with cancer while coaching an NFL team this year and has them in a playoff spot right now going into week 14. Uh, Coach of the year candidate, he's on the list, man. But, yeah, give Washington their credit. Yeah, Chase Young is 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 advertised. He's I mean, legit. he is absolutely that number one overall guy that you take. Uh, if you, it, I feel like I was I was on red zone, and every time they'd pan over the Washington game, it was Chase Young making some play, whether it was a sack, a fumble, right. recovery, running it. Down the, I mean, like the guy's sensational. Mike Tomlin said this last week to him before yeah. their game. Said, I hope I never get a guy like you because that means that we're playing some bad football. Yeah, um, the kid is sensational. The future is bright in Washington. I think that's another landing spot for Carson Wentz that you could look at and go, wow, if they got Carson Wentz over there, uh, I mean, it's obviously in the same division, which would be difficult, but um, yeah, I, I think Washington is, is just scratching the surface of how, how good they can be with that defense. Yeah, I think Mike Tomlin, bad- said, Mike Tomlin said, I don't ever want to coach a guy like you because that means I had to lose 14 or 15 games to get a guy like you, so I, yeah. I'd rather coach against the guys like you, but uh, no, that, that defensive front is legit. Sorry, Chris, go ahead. No, that's okay. I just I wonder how badly the Eagles want to get the Carson Wentz money off the books to trade him within the division to the Washington football team. That'll be a, a fun little thought exercise that we can do in the yeah. offseason. Now, I think all of this is based on the fact that Alex Smith is going to be the starting quarterback. He got hurt in that game. I think if Dwayne Haskins is the start of the rest of the way, that <laughs> changes the way we feel can about we, this football. Can we throw this out? So back-to-back weeks, I just, I'm just i working on a Sunday, so I'm just getting updates, right? So I was working the ASU game yesterday, and I see – Headline come across my phone: Alex Smith leaves game with apparent leg injury, and I went, "No!" You know, I just we feel like he's like a like yeah. a like a porcelain doll, like he's just going to be so fragile. It, it, it's not the case at all. Well, but man, every time you, you know see what? Carson, I'm sorry, uh, Alex Smith injury or Alex Smith sacked, you're like, ooh, ooh. And yeah. Last week with the well, bloody you know leg, Ugh. Kyle Allen was their guy, and he he was had them playing at a high level he was yeah. he was uh riverboat ron's guy at carolina and they yep. bring him over and he you know dislocates his ankle hurts his ankle but um you know this is a team that's had, dealt with some injuries and yet they're still battling yeah the kansas city chiefs pick up a win over the miami dolphins 33 to 27 and because of the game that we're going to talk about last the Kansas City Chiefs now find themselves as the number one seed yeah. in the AFC, Sean. Yeah, the AFC playoffs run through Arrowhead right now, which is something that just should put shivers down the spine of any AFC playoff team. Uh, they, they started out ugly. This is this is what makes it scary, right? Um, Patrick Mahomes threw three interceptions, took a sack that lost 30 yards on the play, looked terrible in the first half and this team went from down 10 to up 14 to 10 
in a matter of like two minutes. You know, like their 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 quick strike ability is just so ridiculous. They played. I mean, uh, Flores, tip your cap to him again. He was on Bill Belichick's staff uh, in the AFC Championship game when they shut out Mahomes and company for the first half back uh, a couple years ago. He he's a great coach. I mean, he's such a good defensive mind, uh, and was able to give Patrick Mahomes fits. But this football team still wins thirty three to twenty seven. Like they don't have to win by by having Patrick Mahomes be you know insanely great. Which is just scary if you're an AFC football team. You know, the the, the yeah. Kansas City Chiefs are able to win in multiple ways, and now you're going through a cold, frigid arrowhead throughout the AFC playoffs. Man, good night. This is not good news for the rest of the division or conference. Yeah, and and look, when 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 the Chiefs face this kind of adversity in their season, it only makes them better. You know, to for them to understand, like, hey, we can go down 14 uh, or go down 10 and play terrible and still have an opportunity to win the game. I mean. They proved that in the playoffs last year with the Texans, you know, Twice. going getting down by by 28 or whatever they were yeah. down 21. And the Titans. Um, and the Titans as well. So this mm-hmm. is a team that is, is, is built for these moments of adversity, and they never stop believing that they can come back because of that quick strike ability uh, with all the speed that they have and the way that they're coached. So, uh, yeah, scary. Scary to run through the, the playoffs through, uh, through Arrowhead. I'll push back a little bit and and say this. Miami's still a young team figuring out their way. If the Chiefs put up a first-half performance like that against the Bills, Steelers, I'll even throw the Colts in there, they're going to struggle yeah. in the playoffs. But, Those but three teams. Schubert, you can, gotta you got to tip your cap to what the Dolphins did that created the issues for the Chiefs in the first half. You know what I mean? Like It's not like the Chiefs just came out and were like, oh, let's we'll just lay down in this football game. No, you tip your cap to the Dolphins for what they were able to do in that first half you know and and you know you can say that like you, you know if they play a first half like that against the teams you just mentioned but as jordan just talked about last year in the playoffs they did just that they against the titans they played terrible in the first half and came back and won that football game against the texans they were down huge and won that football game like i, I mean this team this i i don't know i don't know how you ever feel good playing even if you have a big lead against the kansas city chiefs ever they're 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 that type of a team and 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 the fact that they just proved it again and while doing so took the conference lead and putting the playoffs through arrowhead that's that's not good news for the rest of the conference it's just it's just not man it's not it sucks (laughs) as as a fan of an afc team that's fighting for the seven seed that sucks anyway sorry go ahead last game on the list it was it was Sunday night football, and it's the reason why the Chiefs now have the number one seed in the AFC. The Bills beat the Steelers 26-15. to Josh Allen, uh, we talk about Patrick Mahomes having a bad first half. Josh Allen had a very good second half in that football game, and the Bills beat the Steelers. And, Sean, I think this is the reality that we talked about the Steeler team, that, yeah, they were undefeated, but... They weren't really that impressive of an undefeated team. They lose to Washington. Now they play a really good Bills team, and they lose there as well. Bills looked good in the second half. Josh Allen really good. Stephon Diggs is a stud, and the Steelers now losers of two in a row. Yeah, I mean, they're not on the – you know, I mean, it's the Chiefs and everybody else, and we knew that. And the Steelers kind of got away with one against the Titans I, I earlier know. in the year. I don't so know forth. if I agree with that. I, I don't know how you don't agree with that. I, I mean, I really don't. It, it, listen, the, the Steelers are a good football team, and until they can run the ball consistently, they're going to be one-dimensional, and you're going to see things like this. You know, even with is this Connor coming from the guy that's been a been a Steelers fan the whole year. Yeah, their defense. Right. Is, yeah. The Steelers the are their best Steelers in the, in the Sean yeah. Their defense is still legit, but they had issues. They've they've, been, they've lost three linebackers in the last three weeks. 
You know, like they're 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 beat up right now defensively. They they really are. And offensively, they're two one they're two one dimensional. When Connor went out, all of a sudden they couldn't run the football at all. They got him back last uh, this yesterday, but it still wasn't the same. I mean, they had a fourteen point lead against the Washington football team, and Ben threw the ball fifty three times. You want to talk about being one dimensional? Yeah. You had a fourteen He's point be lead. Sore. Yeah, well, you had a fourteen point lead. Why are you throwing the ball fifty three times? It's because you can't run the ball. So they're a one-dimensional football team right now. They're still a good football team. I mean, they're they're still a damn good football team. But but they they're they're banged up on the defensive side. They've lost a handful of line of linebackers, as I mentioned, and uh, they're one-dimensional offensively. So no, they got they have to get right. They have to get right. Sean Crespin spitting fire this morning. He's doing something. He spit I don't hot know fire. Fire. <laughs> Dylan. He's doing something. That Dylan. is going to do it for the not so rapid rundown. Uh, Oh, I think it was okay today, gentlemen. I'll grade a six out of ten on our I, on our it's rapidness. My, it's yeah. my fault. I got it, us yes, off to I know. a bad I'm not, start. It is your fault. It's no, fault I would like to. Uh, I would like to uh, put my name in to go first next week, so that I can get some original some yeah. original thoughts out there. I agree because you, you know keep, what, you go to me this? first every time, and then well, just, I I say the all the I'm truth out on the box. I say all the truth, and then Jordan's like, "Yeah, what am I supposed to say after Crespin said it all? You got to you got to alternate, you know Schubert. You got to go Crespin Jordan. first, Jordan. It's just like when we do the line is right. It should go back and sure. forth. Okay, that's fine. Next week, Jordan, I'm just going to give you all the games. We're not going to let Sean talk. How about that? Is that does that work for you? That works for me. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. All right. So that's what we'll do next Monday uh, for the not so rapid rundown. Coming up next, the Sons of Raiders. It is that it is that time of the week once mm-hmm. again. The Manscaped full grown man salute. We've got some awards to give out. We will do it next here on No Bull with Chris Cressman and Simone. But first, we got to tell you about our friends over at Earnhardt Auto Center. Since 1951, nobody has treated their customers better than the Earnhardt family. If you're looking to buy a car, and you're in Arizona, you're in luck. You got the best people to buy from in the country, the Earnhardt family, since 1951. Go to noble.com with the current social distancing. You can go to noble.com, click the express tab, and they will literally bring a car to your front door for you to test drive for the day. Yes, they will bring you a brand new car. You can test drive it around. I drove a brand new Lexus myself for the day. It was a great experience. Uh, and look, Nobody is going to treat you better. You can handle the financing, the applications, all online. It's that easy. Noble.com. That ain't no bull. Oh, yeah. That time, once again, it's a Monday. It's time. Sean, mm-hmm. put up the grab. You want me to get it's the, time for the man's make the switch here? I want the grab. All right, there you go. There you go. It is time for the Manscaped full-grown man salute here on a Monday where we salute some of the top performers in the National Football League here for week 14. And you know what, Sean? Since you bashed me at the end of the last segment, Jordan Simone, you get to go first in this one. Jordan Simone going first. <laughs> All right. Jordan Simone right. going first. And I'm, I, Sean, I'm shocked. Absolutely shocked as to who Jordan Simone has picked this week. You know what? It's actually funny. Sean picked this guy for me because he knew that I was going to take this guy. Defensive back, um, man. Look, I, it's about Seahawks. time I gave some some love to the defensive backs. And this is an impressive stat. Um, you know, the Seattle Seahawks make a, a move going after Jamal Adams. Uh, look, I thought Jamal Adams was, was older. I thought he was like 30. The dude's 25. He's got a lot, a lot of good football 
in him several, several years. So uh, with the sack on Sunday, Jamal Adams now has eight and a half sacks in 2020, passing Adrian Wilson for most ever by a defensive back. Super impressive stat. And when the Seahawks got him, you automatically thought that this defense would, uh, would, would sure up a lot of their issues wrong. They didn't, but they're figuring it out slowly but surely. Jamal Adams has been a huge piece. When you put him up around the ball on the line of scrimmage, the dude is just an animal. He reads things differently. Um, his game mentally is, is so impressive. And so Jamal Adams gets my manscape full-grown man salute. And you also got to think about the fact that he missed some games. There's still three games left in the season, and he's already got eight oh, yeah. and a half sacks, as, as you mentioned, Jordan. I know, Jordan. I know. Jamal Passing. Adams is great. Can we, yeah. can we move on, please? Sorry, Jets guy. Sorry, Jets guy. Oh, All right, how God. about this? I'll let you get it off your mind by talking about your full-grown man salute, Chris Schubert. Who do we have this week for oh. you? Listen, we're not going to do a show based in Arizona and not have Hassan Reddick as uh, one of the Manscaped full-grown man salutes. Cardinals franchise record, five sacks in a single game, a fantastic performance. Listen, kid went to Temple. He was playing basically in his backyard yesterday, playing the New York Giants, and he goes out there and has the best game of his career, was super emotional afterwards. You could tell how much it meant to him to have that game in that stadium. Uh, just super excited and happy for him. He's been through a lot in just four short seasons uh, in Arizona. And to have the year that he's having and to have that type of performance, Hassan Reddick, a full-grown man salute to you. Absolutely has to be on the list. And yeah, gentlemen. He's a no-doubter. Yeah. We're talking about records here today. Jamal Adams setting records, franchise record for Hassan okay. Reddick. Let's continue that. Let's continue that trend, shall we? Okay, not Derek Henry, like his ninth appearance. Couple of records here. My fantasy football team thanks you. Couple of records here. This is a record third time appearance for Derek Henry in the Manscaped Full Grown Man Salute on the program. No other player has been recognized three times. And I would like for you to tell me how or why we could have left this man off the list. Schubert, twenty-six carries, two hundred and fifteen yards. Two touchdowns for Derrick Henry. Sets an NFL record for the most 200-plus yard two-touchdown games in NFL history with four. If there has ever in the history of full-grown men been a fuller-grown man than Derrick Henry, I want you to point the man out. Probably maybe Bo Jackson. Outside of Bo Jackson, point somebody out who's more of a full-grown man than Derrick Henry. He gets not one but two Full grown man salutes. There's one for Derrick Henry. Get that Ray. Get that lawnmower 3.0 up again. There's two <laughs> for Derrick Henry. The man's setting records all over the place. And you want to talk about full grown men in the National Football League? It doesn't get more full grown than Derrick Henry. And I've been on his train since early in the uh, year. I said, put the man in the MVP discussion, and you guys you laughed did. at me. You scoffed at me. Nice. Still laughing at you about it. Uh, Jordan, you know how Sean Crespin is our resident Steelers fan? Oh, yeah. I've, I think we have to replace that with Derrick Henry, Homer, Sean Crespin. Because Sean Crespin finds a way to get Derrick Henry into almost every segment that we do somehow. I mean, I would like for you I to tell me. You. I'd like for you to I tell me. I can't playing particularly well. Why but that's Derrick the, that Henry? Is, shouldn't be our first three-time recipient of the award. I don't know how you can tell me how the man shouldn't. He has been I put, nothing I put short Henry in there. of sensation no, that's, no. this year, Schubert. No, no disrespect. I'm not saying it was a bad choice. I'm just, I'm just not shocked that you're the one that picked him because you've picked him every time. It's kind of been your thing this year. 
All right, that's going to do it for us on a Monday edition of the show. If you want, you can follow the show on Twitter at Noble underscore podcast. We post a lot of social clips. That's where you see the Simone sound off, the shoe in with Schubert, Sean's feature, which is coming soon. I think he's working on it. Big production. We got to get the budget cleared with the with the with the offices, but it's coming soon. All of our social content goes there at Noble underscore podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Shoe Radio. Follow Sean at S Crespin zero two, and follow Jordan Simone at Jordan Simone, 38. Jordan, what does everybody need to do? Subscribe to the show. Yes. Do that wherever you get your podcast, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, Spotify, Pocket Casts, whatever app you use to get your podcast. Please rate, uh, follow, subscribe, share the podcast. We greatly do appreciate it. Everybody have a great start to your week. We will be back on Wednesday.